Why, hello and a howdy, we're so very glad to see you Cause we're getting kinda rowdy and we've got a lot to say And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away That's pretty exciting, right Omega? Indeed! Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of HIAC Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Stealing the intro verbatim from my buddy Dean, Dean Dixon, the founder, co-founder of this channel and this network. Uh, he's no longer with us. He's not dead. He's just not on the show anymore. Uh, welcome, my friend, as always, uh, Craig Lagans is here. Hello, Craig. Hello, Dan. So good to see you. Um, with special effects, um, this may be the last time I get to show my pride for my favorite local uh, football team who's going into the playoffs uh, this weekend. So, uh, given our uh, circumstances, um, I may not get another chance to say, spell out the words E A G L E S. So, I will use this public forum if you don't mind, H I C Talk Radio fans, to root, root, root for the home team. But you never know. They could. You yes, could be could. doing it next week. You could. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You have little faith. We'll see what happens. I have faith. I also and and thing is, realistic discovery. I'm also realistic, and also we're not. We weren't. We're we're the Randall Graves of the NFL. We're not even supposed to be supposed here. to be here. Okay? <laughs> we're the we're playing with house money. So whatever happens after, you know, after we got into playoffs, I really don't care because we we started the year two and five. Everyone hated us. Everyone hated wanted our head coach gone, wanted a new quarterback. And look where we are. Well, remember, uh, according to Giants fans, and you saw the tweet that I retweeted with the gif of Daniel Jones flopping over like a wrestler, taking a bump. Yeah. yeah. In training, um, we were in, we were gonna be last of the division and they were gonna be division leaders. Yes, the Giants were the team to beat. Yes, yes. In twenty twenty one. See how that garbage fire turned out. Uh, you know, I enjoy it. I do too. Enjoy that. Very I, much. I I I go on Giants Twitter just to read the comments and just the I to other sites just to I don't know why it's a it's a really perverse thing. I go I and I feel <laughs> I, I go on more Giants sites you than I have Eagles sites. Yeah, I I because I. I don't know. I love it. If it would, the only thing would be better if it was if it was a, a Cowboys. But yeah, watching the Giants flounder or go for through a new a new head coach every two years, love it. Absolutely love it. You never I'm know. You might all of it. Go ahead. You might you might get that chance uh, for Cowboys Twitter. You might. Yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for them to fall because they will. Um, but this is a wrestling podcast, not a football one. There's plenty of there. Folks and uh, HIAC Talk Radio fans, especially the newbies, we talk usually the stuff out of the way first, the non-wrestling stuff out of the way first. Yeah, I don't know. I went backwards this week. Sorry about that. The news. But I wanted to reassure you that we are indeed a wrestling podcast and because um, we have plenty of wrestling news to impart to you. Yes, yes. I, that's that's Craig getting me back on track. Sorry, my good man. Let me let me get right over there for you. No, we do have big news. And, and we say big news. But, you know, the rate we all know that the ratings numbers that everybody's been fighting over for the last couple uh, years has been less than a million or just above a million. So is this big news? I don't know. To me, it got me excited. It got me excited for the first time, quite frankly, in about a year and a half about wrestling, maybe even longer. Uh, the supposed forbidden door of wrestling was opened just a bit. I don't know the details on how, why, or who called, made the phone call, or who opened that door first, but it was announced, and especially on how she left the company last time, which, to be fair, WWE handled quite swiftly, which we'll talk about in a second, but Impact Wrestling's knockout champion, 
will Mickey James will be an entrant in this year's WWE Royal Rumble 2002, emanating from St. Louis, Missouri. I I'm still kind of like I remember reading the tweet going, huh? Is this is this parody? Is this the onion? It's not. It's real, Craig. It's real, Dan. Even when I heard it announced live, I was shocked. I was like, "Am I watching a rerun?" Because they brought Mickey James back for Roy Rumbles before, but like, no, this is twenty twenty two, and they announced her. She is the Impact Women's Champion. Now, I again, like you alluded to, Dan. I don't know what um, uh, forms were signed and what uh, deals were brokered. I don't know if she will be, uh, if TNA will be mentioned by name. Um, impact or otherwise, or if she will be allowed to to wear the belt um, at to to the pay per view. But Mickey James, uh, uh, legend in the uh, WWE Women's Division, um, and just as a part of the WWE history, long history with the company, and the way she was unceremoniously uncere- uh, yeah. relieved of her duties. Yeah. Stuff in garbage bags that um, got all over social media, and people that weren't even wrestling fans but knew who Mickey James were was, and were just outraged and rightfully so um, over the way they treated someone who's been so loyal to the company for so many years, and this is someone who's never badmouthed the company, never said anything when she's left the company before, when she left the first time for TNA. Left on good terms, obviously, because she was invited back. And it's always been like that for the for the people that they enjoy, for the people that have been good to the company and that have um, been, quote-unquote, good soldiers. This last time, she was uh, just, you know, thrown out like she was a, a bum. Almost, you know, li- almost was, literally, like a step away yeah. from that. Yeah, like a transient. Here's your stuff in a garbage bag. Oh, by the way, uh, but thank you for, thanks for... Uh, for coming yeah thanks for your but service I, but i was is this their mia culpa uh to let mickey back in even though she works for another company to come back to the royal rumble with great fanfare is that their way of is that their make good man i it certainly seems like it I, it might even be i is it is it new uh executives opening the door where the door hasn't been opened before because Vince is not. So this had to be a Vince call, right? Everything that goes on is Vince's call. Vince has final say in everything, which is why the, the, the company is in the shambles that it is because he has the final say in everything. Um, so he obviously agreed to this and, or didn't have a problem with it. Um, so it, it, it's happening. Uh, the TNA Impact Women's Champion will be part of the Royal Rumble. I'm, well, I'm excited. I, I'm excited. I'm happy um, for her. I don't even if it's a one-time thing. I'm sure she'll love the the um, the idea of coming back and reuniting with her old friends and being a part of a big stage. I know she'll love the crowd because because oh, yeah. <laughs> there's not. I want for impact. That's that. <laughs> hey, you didn't say you mumbled it. For impact. <laughs> I just work here. Yeah. No, it was. Um, it, it's it's really cool. I I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and and another reason why I'm looking forward to it is there are strong strong rumors mm-hmm. that they are trying to do the same for the male Royal Rumble as well. They're trying to get an outside name to be one of the entrants. Well, you you know, Dan, that was one of the one of the things that I made the Royal Rumble for a brief time my favorite pay per view because you never knew who was going to show up in the Royal Rumble. You know, they would bring guys back. Uh, they would bring guys from from different companies. They brought when uh, they were working with Smoky Mountain. They brought um, smoke. Uh, that's where. Um, uh, was Tony Anthony appeared um, in one, and uh, they or they bring guys from NXT with Adam Cole, baby, uh, appeared in a Royal Rumble. Uh, even guys that have left the company when they the, the one Royal Rumble I think was it here when they brought back um, 
Bubba, Bubba Ray, and and Diesel, and uh, Booker T, Rey Mysterio. So I uh, and they would bring in guys from from other companies as well. So I would love to see someone that either hasn't been here for a while or someone else from another company show up at Royal Rumble because that would make it worth watching because they need something that's going to turn the dial. And the hard part, Dan, the, the caveat, if you will, the catch-22 is uh, if they announced who's going to be in the Royal Rumble, it would give it away and that, would, that could get more people to watch. But um, it's like you if they had somebody already set to come in but we don't know about it, and but you can't announce it because that would ruin the surprise. So, and I'm, I heard, I've heard John Moxley, I've heard um, Bray Wyatt. So, who knows? But I'll oh, that would I, they I I that 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 Bray Wyatt thing still has me so. Upset. I really hope it's him at this point. Yeah. I, I don't care if that technically doesn't count as an outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I want. <laughs> I want Bray Wyatt to come back so bad. I know you and I didn't agree on the character and what he was doing, but you know, mm-hmm. if the circumstances are anything but him wanting to leave after all that he did, yeah, he he deserves to make good, in my opinion. I in my in mine too. Uh, it's one of the entrants could be, and he was just cleared to wrestle today. We just got news before we went on the air tonight. Uh, gentlemen and ladies of HIAC Talk Radio, breaking news. Announcer and former wrestler Corey Graves has been cleared to compete. Uh, Corey Graves had a promising start in NXT, former NXT Tag Team Champion. Great look. Uh, as we know, great talker. Someone that Triple H was very high on, and obviously, when it, because of the uh, concussions that Corey had, uh, he was deemed unable to wrestle. But a tri- obviously, Triple H liked him so much, pushed hard for him to not only stay in the company but to find something for him, and he thrived as an announcer. But yes, Corey Graves cleared to wrestle, um, so he could be a surprise entrant in the in the Royal Rumble. And that would be a great place for him to to uh, get get his legs back out from under him because he's not a standard wrestling match, um, and he won't have to worry about getting hurt or taking a bump outside of going over the top rope. So, yeah, I, I think that would be a cool little moment to have him come back and it is at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Is that less of a surprise now though because it was announced today? I don't know, but I. You know, at that point, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. It's yeah. about him. You know, that's about him. I, mm-hmm. I've been hot. I don't have a real problem with Corey Graves. I was busting his balls a couple of years ago when they were in um, California. They were doing a Raw. Yeah. And he called the minor league hockey team the Ontario Reign for the Kings. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm going with this. Uh, he called yeah. them the amateur hockey team here. And, and I tweeted him. I said, the minor league is not amateur. That's still professional, buddy. <laughs> he never replied. I'm like, all these other assholes who are actually trolling you and you give them the time of day. You can't even reply to me and give me a rub and break my nuts back. Come on, man. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, oh, come on. One. Just give me one. Uh, speaking of pissed, um, Monday, Night, uh, Monday Night Raw was mm. here. Right here. Yes, it was. Philadelphia couple days ago and um obviously all the uh superstars had um had fun philly is one of the traditionally one of the great crowds in wrestling history absolutely but it seems like every wwe uh entertainer read the uh, manual on how to get heat and or a pop in philadelphia yeah they did mention these 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 and these so biggie had to mention gritty because he's the face and Seth Rollins, because he's the heel. What's a gritty? Boo! Thank like, yeah. Uh, but my favorite of all the... Uh, and Listen, I, how fucking dare you, Seth? <laughs> uh, was uh, Miz coming out with Maurice during the uh, Edge Beth Phoenix um, 
confrontation. And did you see it? His did you see what he said? Okay, hear what he said. Um, I stand with Ben Simmons. I would have taken thirty-two million dollars to perform in front of this city at all. Listen, great. Heat. It was the right thing to say. Yes, like, it was. Out of all the ones, oh, the references they threw out there, that one seemed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not bad. That's, that's Boo! Boo! I still yeah, say the yeah. Miz is, is not respected enough by fans and wrestlers alike. He is. Uh, and when I thought he went, when the, you know, this angle started with him saying he was going to be in the this year's crop of, of WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. I said, OK, well, he, he's earned it. Sure. So I was like, great. But and that's I guess that whole thing's been ignored. But um, yeah, Miz, uh, as far as getting heat. The only, my only disappointment was, and still is, um, it started with Paulie and Brock, and then out come Bobby and MVP. Huge money matchup. I'm so glad they got the they got the belt off Big E and gave it to Lashley for this meeting between those two. It's like, all right, playtime's over. Now let the big boys play where we can actually make some money. But I really wanted to see Paulie and MVP talk, even though it looks like Brock's having fun now with the mic. It goes, oh, hey, I can speak, and I'm not tripping over my words, and I'm actually making sense. Let's yeah, it wasn't bad, much, was it? Yeah, how much more I can do. But And maybe we will at some point. We have to get Paulie and MVP to have like a verb. I, but I would have liked to have seen that in Philadelphia, even though Paulie alluded to the Brock Lesnar asking me a knock-knock joke in Philadelphia. Now I've seen everything. Great line. But uh would like to see those the, the, the mouthpieces of the two heavyweights do something. I'd, li- I'd like to see him go back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Maybe even see MVP take a swing at old Paulie. <laughs> I would like to see you them have one of the, the old-time uh, backstage. And I could build it up for an hour. Uh, we're going to have a sit down with the uh, special counsel and the advocate uh, for the two combatants for the Royal Rumble, Paul Heyman and MVP, and just have them like. And it, I only miss, I re, I really miss Jim Ross during these because he would be perfect to, to moderate it. But um, to have those two um, just go back and forth and have it naturally get heated. Until one or both men come out. So that's what. Hey, you know, we were talking about who could show up at the Royal Rumble, you know, from somebody from an, another company. Wow. Yeah. Uh, why not someone from Ring of Honor? Hey, it's interesting that you mentioned Ring of Honor there, Craig. Craigie? Is, Craigie Poo? <laughs> why is that? Don't call me by my full name. <laughs> Craigie Poo is your full name? <laughs> Fuck. I didn't know that. Yeah. No, um, it's very interesting that you met because uh, uh, I think maybe when was it November? We were talking about the unfortunate. I don't think it was even that long. I'm pretty no. sure it was beginning of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about the end of Ring of Honor. Well, yeah. that's already uh, done because Ring of Honor announced the other day that they were coming back. Now. I'm nervous because it is on April 1st. Yes. So I'm like, are you, are you effing with me right now? But apparently not in Dallas, Fort Worth on April 1st, Dallas, another perennial city in wrestling and wrestling history. Yeah. Dallas, Fort mm-hmm. Worth. Yeah. We'll present the super card of honor. Tickets are on sale January 21st. Uh, honor club uh, on January 21st for the honor club members, which is still active. And general public on the 28th. ROH is back already. Couldn't Just have like made that. couldn't made me happier. Couldn't have made me happier. It's gonna be from the Curtis Col- Colwell Center in Dallas Fort Worth. Um, that event's been going on since 2006. And yeah, maybe it'll be someone from uh, ROH. You know, if it's gonna be someone for ROH, well, he's an impact now. I if um PCO showed up at the rumble i'd laugh my ass off 
<laughs> I, 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 and, and I mean that in, in the, in a, in a positive and hilarious way, uh, and a, um, a good way for PCO. Uh, he's a good guy. I drove him to, to and from the hotel at a, a Nova pro show once. And we just talked about hockey the entire time. I, I this, the short version of the story is the entire time we're just sitting there talking about hockey, but inside I was going, I'm like, don't do that. Play it cool. <laughs> cool, man. Play it cool. The only other, the other, my other two favorite rides were um, Fred Yehi. Look him up. Y Y E H I. Harlow O'Hara. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> my personal favorite was Keith Lee. Yeah, that drive was hilarious because it was like the worst rainstorm that year. Picked him up from the hotel, ran him into the car, grabbed his back, threw it in the trunk. That dude fell asleep in the back seat. And I'm wow. talking because I'm nervous because I'm on 95 in D.C. So, you know, it's already bad with those terrible drivers in torrential downpour. I can't see a half a mile in front of me. And I'm just talking nervous and trying to make jokes saying, don't worry, I've driven fire. To blah, 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 blah. I look back. <laughs> I like to keep my audiences riveted. Well, I thought I pissed him off. Later after the show, he uh-huh. sees me and goes, hey, there's the driver. There's my guy. And I'm like, man, I thought you were mad. I was like, no, I was tired. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference. There is a difference. I was like, oh, thank God. I was like, all I did was uh, And I, I got to, like, he wanted to be there an hour sooner, but there's just a big clusterfuck. Right. So, like, uh, Mike asked me, like, can you please get Keith, like, now? And I said, yeah, I'll have to leave my house. It's going to be, like, 40 minutes. So he was already late, and I thought it was he was mad at me, and it had nothing to do with me. So I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's a big man. You don't want to make mad. But, yeah, yeah. ring of honor. Uh, bring back Keith Lee, you bastards. Yeah. And uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. And with Ring of Honor, you know, you have you still have a, a, a plethora of talent yeah. uh, that you can. Uh, the uh, Briscoe brothers have started an intense war of words on social media with FTR. Um, FTR showing up at a Ring of Honor taping to jump the Briscoes, and uh, Briscoes have want revenge and said if it's not going to be on on. Uh, AEW because Tony Khan would never allow it. Wink, wink. So wherever you guys want to do it, you let me. You let us know because we're getting tired of this, uh, back and forth. And Briscoes versus FTR is money, uh, no matter where it 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 uh it occurs. Hopefully, it'll be in a place where it can be seen by the public, be it uh on AEW or at a Ring of Honor show. I don't know April first, but. That remains to be seen. The fact that they are, if they are indeed back, um, that'd be a big deal. And given the amount of time and the amount of people that have gone from Ring of Honor to AEW and vice versa, Jay Lethal, um, FTR showing up in a Ring of Honor taping, I did something that wouldn't surprise me. So um, having Ring of Honor back is just great to have them back because it's Ring of Honor. But now, when we have wrestling companies reaching out to other wrestling organizations, which up until this year was almost, you know, unheard of, but if a TNA Impact Women's Champion can appear in the Royal Rumble, why couldn't someone from AEW show up at a Ring of Honor? Well, it was compacted by, uh, I'm glad I remembered this because it was a big deal. Uh, are we declaring uh, NXT dead yet? Um, NXT could be dead. Um, as long as it doesn't kill the career of Rex Steiner, I'm fine with that. Um, because there was another another whole load of layoffs in the WWE last week. And of course, it was the next day after we did the show, so we couldn't mm-hmm. you know, talk about it. But there was numerous, numerous people let go again from NXT specifically. And two names to stick out to me was Samoa Joe for the second time. Yeah. Samoa Joe's gone again. Bizarre Gaming, how you doing, man? 
thanks for coming in again. Appreciate it. Uh, live on YouTube. Uh, Bizarre, Bizarre Gaming is watching. Um, so Samoa Joe was let go. And uh-huh. one William Regal. Yeah. And, Been an employee uh, there since 99. Yeah. And two other names that um, those are shocking enough. And obviously, and I, I was saying this, how this really shows how uh, the Triple H effect is pretty much gone. Uh, if those guys are, were gone because two other names that stuck out that were uh, let go were uh, Gabe Sapolsky and, uh, and Road Dog. Another long time employee of the WWE and someone also very close to Triple H, just like Stephen Regal was. Stephen Regal is responsible more than anything else of for the development of not only of NXT, but bringing guys in that uh, had an indie background or were straight from the indies uh, and giving them more fine-tuning even if they were still green around the gills. Uh, the whole undisputed era that was all William Regal. Keith Lee was 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 uh, was William Regal. Um, most of the women that um, Oscar was uh, was Regal. Bailey, um, Sasha. I, I keep and as soon as we get off the air, I'll I'll think of like five more from NXT or and even WWE that owe their careers or their their pushes to. Uh, Steven Regal. Um, all, all the WWE is doing is not, you asked me, is this the end of NXT? This could just ruin the, this, you're just taking away bit by bit of the foundation of the WWE as it is because all these guys built what you, the current product you have now. And the guys that came from NXT that made it good, like Seth Rollins, like Kevin, like uh, Roman Reigns, uh, Stephen Regal had a hand firsthand in building up and creating and fine tuning and making them the superstar that they are. And obviously, the first thing everybody wants to oh, while well, they're going to AEW. Um, not everybody can go to AEW, folks. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, Tony Khan has the money to pay everyone, but not everyone's going to go there. But I'm certainly not it, paying anybody to run the team. What the what the what WWE is doing though that if they wanted to give AEW the tools in order to successfully beat the WWE. You're giving, you're just handing you're them doing over. It. <laughs> I mean, you're already handing over big name box office guys like Brian Danielson, uh, CM Punk, uh, Adam Cole, baby, that can get you ratings and get you good matches. But now you you can bring in a guy like a Steven Regal who knows most of the, the people in AEW um, and can not only get the best out of them, but can see guys that are in AEW now that aren't getting the right push or aren't getting the, and make them the focus. What AEW can do, I know we, we and we just pointed out, AEW can't sign everyone. You know what AEW can do? That they can take a page out of the WWE's book, start, start cutting folks. They got. They have so many good people. I was gonna say it could go both ways too. That they on YouTube that I never heard of and everything, and like and just or just rearrange your talent. Why is is two and Danny Garcia on goddamn TV every week, but Powerhouse Hobbs isn't? Why is Jay Lethal wrestling on YouTube and not on Wednesday nights at at eight o'clock? Stephen Regal can sort all that out. Steven Regal can look at a guy like Ricky Starks and say, okay, well, this is what you should be doing with him. This is how to get the best out of someone like him. Steven Regal, we talked about last week, who's going to run the, the women's division. Um, he's not, well, it shouldn't be Kenny Omega. We know that. But someone like Steven Regal can focus on the strengths of the women that you do have and make them, and especially if a Tony Storm comes over, another one of William Regal's dis- discoveries, folks, um, that can make it uh, something. And Road Dog can do the same thing. So I, 
um, what what the WWE is doing now, getting rid of, I mean, the, the second biggest story out of 2021 for me, other than CM Punk's return, was the uh, amount of big-name stars that the WWE let go. And it's ongoing now. But the loss of Steven Regal and Road Dogg and Gabe Sapolsky are three very big building blocks in the WWE that would serve any company very well to have. Yeah. It really could go either way because, you know, you have all those talent that, quite frankly, and, and you know, we always you and me included, we always, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Criticize Tony Khan for si- signing all these men and women. But if I had this money, I'd, I'd nab every one of these people who just got let go from NXT. Yeah. But as you said, the double down, bringing in a guy like Regal, you could certainly weed out who you need and who you don't need. Yes. Which would also technically could, if there's not a sale going on and Nick Khan is not just getting rid of it for that reason that could benefit a, a WWE the other way like well, yeah. let's get it let's, let's, let's give this guy a try this woman a try let's, let's give anybody a try mm. we'll I mean, see yeah we will see and uh, but and like yeah the double edged sword Tony Khan the one thing Tony Khan hasn't done is let go of people um, which is why you have so many people on the roster which is why you have a show you got three shows you got two uh, and a Wednesday night show, a Friday night show, and you have a YouTube show, and they, and you'll you can see a different card on each, different wrestlers on each on each show, but I mean, and they're and what they're paying them. I mean, Sonny Kiss is one of the original AEW guys that is in the witness uh, witness protection program, but I know he's getting paid like a lot, uh, way more than what he was making when. When we were, when I was calling his matches in uh, in uh, Northeast Philadelphia, so if you can get rid of some of that and and concentrate on the people that you do have, then hiring a Stephen Regal and a uh, a Road Dog and do a wonders for your company, or even just I don't know doing something with the stuff the guys you have. Namely, a, a Mark Henry or a Big Show. I mean, you did sign him for a reason, didn't you? Instead of just being a judge at uh, for a match between uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Adam Page. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's not a bad problem to have if you figure out how to use everybody. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> It is a lot, but you can look at AEW, or at least I can look at AEW. Um, I can look at the, the huge, long list of people and the ones that you actually can use. I can weed out. I can cut a lot of fat. I'm looking at it right now in the ring. Anyone associated with Orange Cassidy, cut. All of them. <laughs> I thought you were talking about me. I was like, damn, man. No. No. Anyone associated with the Young Bucks, fringe Young Bucks, cut. Oh, in fact, uh, cut the young bucks. Cut the young bucks, please. Um, yeah, the the best friends, and you know the Matt Hardy crew. Yeah, cut all of them. Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, um, Danny Garcia, cut. And the guys you keep, you know, the ones that you can actually do something with, you're not even using Scorpio. Um. Like I said, Ricky Starks. It makes, it, makes, it makes no sense. Look, yeah, it makes no sense. What does make sense is that it's time for the wrestling historian. <gasps> that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Makes so much sense. And we were talking about Dan, and thank you for that amazing intro. That's called a segue, folks. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I'm getting from one side to the other. Something like that. Uh, we were mentioning the Royal Rumble and how back in the day you didn't know who was going to show up. It could be someone from a different organization, different federation. That was the beauty of uh, professional wrestling back then. Back when 
other organizations uh, would have a handshake deal with other promotions. So you can have someone from a different wrestling federation appear on someone else's card. And that was the beauty of professional wrestling. It didn't, you can just show up one day and there's someone show up in a WWF event and there's someone from the NWA. Go to an NWA event, there's someone from the AWA. You know, you go to an NWA event in Georgia and there's a Florida heavyweight champion. There was wrestling in all 50 states, territories of what ruled the day. There were no such thing as indies. To get good, you had to go to territories, folks. That's how you get good. Because if you could, and you could suck in one territory, I'd be in a main event at another. That's the beauty of wrestling. And before cable TV, no one would even know. So that's what we're discussing this week in pro wrestling uh, history. Back when uh, it wasn't sports entertainment, back when you can call titles belts, back when it was professional wrestling. This gentlemen and ladies is a wrestling historian uh we're gonna go thank you to keep my audience riveted like that um, we're gonna go back to uh january 11th this was a just a big day in in wrestling uh up and down the the coast uh january 11th 1991 um wcw was planning a huge show because they're coming back north coming back east coming up north to the Northeast, uh, to be uh, exact, at the Brendan Burns Meadowlands Arena, they had a huge show planned, stacked card, uh, even an appearance by the legend, uh, Sir Lawrence of the Meadowlands, Lawrence Taylor, who was going to be uh, in the corner of uh, Lex Luger uh, to go up against uh, Big Cat Curtis Hughes and his manager, Paul E. Dangerously. Uh, they're expecting. Uh, 10 to 12,000 people there. Uh, unfortunately, a huge winter storm wiped that out. Um, and they got just over 5,000 fans there. But uh, they did see the United States champion Lex Luger with Lawrence Taylor in his corner uh, defeat Curtis Hughes with Paulie Dangerously. And also on that self-same card, uh, Ric Flair would pin uh Dan Calachico's boyhood hero, Sting. Son uh, of a bitch. And, but that match, Dan, uh, would make Ric Flair the first, hard to believe, first WCW heavyweight champion. Oh, I believe. They had changed over to the NWA. They were no longer. So Ric Flair, by beating Sting January 11th, would become the first WCW heavyweight champion. What year was that again? 1991. 1991, got it. January 11th, 1991. Uh, Rick would hold that belt for another seven months uh, until he was fired that same year and would take his belt and take his ball and go home. Uh, the ball being the belt, the <laughs> WCW Heavyweight Championship belt, the big gold belt that Rick Flair owned. He would take it with him to the WWF. And <laughs> uh, Give me the belt back. I'm bringing over Doug Children. I own the belt, dipshit. (laughs) And when Rick Wood uh, debut in a WWF ring, um, dream, you know, long had been the dream that Ric Flair would go to the WWF and would finally show up against Hulk Hogan. And that's how it went in September of 91. And uh, it went all the way to uh, 1992. their feud uh, that were in house shows up and down the East Coast. WWF incredibly dropping the ball by never having a Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair match on pay-per-view or at a WrestleMania. But they did happen to cross paths exactly one year later, a uh, one year after Ric Flair won the WCW Heavyweight Championship on January 11th, 1992. He was right here. The beautiful air condition filled up his spectrum, taking on the very same Hulk Hogan. And the first, last, and only time those two ever wrestled in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, I was living in Rochester uh, with my girlfriend at the time, so I couldn't see my dream match. The very thing I dreamed about when I would go to the spectrum and watch Hulk Hogan or when I would watch Ric Flair 
on TV. What if they can? I'd love to see a Ric Flair Hulk Hogan match. It's what we all wanted to see, and um, it happened January eleventh, nineteen ninety two. Uh, where Hogan defeated Ric Flair by countout. Uh, on that same card, the Mountie and the Natural Disasters lost to the impressive team of Bret Hart and the Road Warriors. I'm sorry, Legion of Doom. Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute, you couldn't do that. <laughs> but that was another dream, to see the Road Warriors in the Spectrum. Oh, my God. So you used to see yeah, them but... at the Civic Center? Oh, Lord. Everybody just heard my arm crack. <laughs> I was sorry about that. That's okay. And if that wasn't enough on this date, January don't you think 11th, it ought to be? Don't think it ought to be. One year after that, Dan, January eleventh, nineteen ninety-one, Ric Flair won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. January eleventh, nineteen ninety-two, he's wrestling Hulk Hogan in the WWF ring in Philadelphia. Well, January eleventh, nineteen ninety-three, neither one of them were in the WWF. Neither one of them were in the Manhattan Center in New York City for the maiden voyage for the premiere of Monday Night Raw. January 11th, 1993. (laughs) The premiere episode of Monday Night Raw with your announcers Vince McMahon, Randy Savage, and Rob Bartlett. Um, some of the matches there. Um, Whoever the hell that is. <laughs> he was a uh, radio host in um, in New York, and the, he had the biggest audience, the largest market in the United in the United States. Every time we talk about it, I'm like, "Oh, that's who that was." And then tomorrow I'll forget. And then when we talk about the first ever RAW again, it'll be like brand new. Yeah. Because every time I see the picture, I'm like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Rob Bartlett. Ah, uh, sure. Ob- yeah, but he, uh, well, he's no Art Donovan. That's, you know, get that. Hey, clear. how much does this guy weigh? <laughs> hey, wasn't it that guy? Yeah. Ah, this looks pretty strong. Oh, my God. Uh, again, that's, and Vince's taste or his predilections have never gone away. He liked guys that are not that have nothing to do with wrestling, because they're uh, celebrities or they're big somewhere else. That's why he liked athletes that were big in other places. Like that's why he loved football players or basketball players or somebody that was. That's why he had so many celebrities in the second WrestleMania. That's why he brought all those football players out when uh, LT wrestled in um, in WrestleMania. Uh, he likes guys from other. That's why NXT is. Horrible the way it is. And that's why Steve Regal was such a wizard because the WWE would go recruit people that had never wrestled a day in their lives or weren't even wrestling fans. But because they look good or have an athletic build or because they're athletes in other sports, let's make them wrestlers. That was Steven Regal's job. And that's what made him so good at what he did because he took people that were athletes but never wrestled a day in their lives and made them superstars well Stephen Regal's gone so we're going to see the the we're going to see both the value of Stephen Regal and that we're going to see the uh the possible death of good wrestlers in uh, the WWE in the foreseeable future because if Vince continues to grab people just because they're good at other things and have no idea about wrestling then we're going to see the sport slowly dying. So Rob Bartlett is a symptom of that. He was a huge, he had a huge following in New York City, biggest audience in what was then the WFAN, uh, was, or it's now WFAN, but was then a, uh, a top-rated sports radio show in New York City. Again, the biggest market, had the biggest audience, so let's put him on Monday Night Raw. Now, so that's who that guy was. Uh, some of the matches that night, uh, Yokozuna defeated Coco Beware. Uh, Shawn Michaels defeated Max Moon. And The Undertaker defeated Damian Demento. <laughs> Crap. Yeah. Uh, also, Look at and, Max Moon, man. Max Moon, yeah. Paul Diamond. <laughs> Paul Diamond, yep. Yeah. Kato. Uh, Kato, also, yeah. Um, but one of the... Uh, 
the dark match uh, for that very first Monday Night Raw. I mention this every year because it's still it's worth mentioning just because of the irony of it. The dark match for the very first Monday Night Raw included uh, the Cheetah Kid defeating Johnny Rotten. The Cheetah Kid. Wow. Would be Ted Petty, Johnny Rotten. Yep. Uh, <laughs> would keep his name Johnny Rotten. And in two years, they would be the most popular tag team in ECW history. They, of course, Cheetah Kid would be Ted Petty. He would change his name to Flyboy Rocco Rock. Johnny Rodden would remain Johnny Rodden, and they would go on to become the public enemy. The most uncoordinated white dudes in history. I say that that's <laughs> not true. Teddy could dance. Teddy, um, uh, I say Teddy, like I know him, Ted Petty, um, Cheetah Kid. Um, well, another one of those uh, DDP late to wrestling bloomers. By the time he got, by the time he was at the height of his popularity in in uh with Public Enemy, he was thirty eight, thirty nine years old. So he'd been wrestling in for a long time. Um, so he got that dark match uh, because he and uh, Johnny had been tearing up the indie scene in the Northeast, and they needed someone to test the lights, you know, the sound and everything like that, and uh. They were the dark match. The public enemy, Cheetah Kid and Johnny Rodden, were the first match ever when uh, the premiere of Monday Night Raw. Which brings us to today in wrestling history. Uh, happy birthday, happy 68th birthday to the very first opponent of Hulk Hogan's career. Happy 68th birthday to one killer B, Brian Blair. And uh, he was his first opponent. He was Hulk Hogan's very first opponent. August 10th, 1977. Fort Hesterly Armory in Tampa, Florida. And B. Brian Blair popped the cherry of Hulk Hogan. And a, oh, another wrestler who, who's no longer with us, who would be celebrating her 70th birthday today. Um, one of the truly great uh, female, not just wrestlers, but characters in wrestling history from a long line of great wrestlers, a uh, second generation superstar. And it would be fair to say that as terms of an audience, she's probably been seen more than her father and her uncle combined. Um, that takes in no way away from the uh, effect that the uh, her family has. Uh, one part, the part of the famous wrestling Vashon family uh, today would have been the 70th birthday of the great Luna Vashon. Guy, I loved her. I loved Luna. And I know it's like she's, I know people, you know, first like, ew, why would you? No, she was awesome. Luna was awesome and ahead of her goddamn time. And I miss that. <laughs> I miss her so much. I, I do. Yeah, I do too. And so do and so does anyone that, that worked with her. You know, she was someone that um I guess that's second generation uh father, um great Paul Butcher Vishan, her uncle, great mad dog Vishan, one of the great heels and just wrestlers, tough guys in wrestling history. I was gonna say in AWA history, former AWA champion. But uh only five nine, five ten, but scared the living hell out of anyone that uh, would try to test him and he got his tooth knocked out for a reason but Mad Dog and Butcher the Bashan brothers were absolutely legends in Canada Mad Dog like I said AWA uh, champion and AWA legend um, and Luna grew up in that business and grew up wanting to be a wrestler and you see early parts of her when uh, she broke in in Florida under Kevin Sullivan, she the nicest, and her, her her introduction into wrestling was just one of the more shocking things you would have ever seen. Uh, it lives on in YouTube, but if you're lucky enough to be, to see it on Championship Wrestling from Florida, it was one of the most gruesome uh, heart-wrenching things you'll ever see. She was playing a woman named Betty who was presenting a local, uh, a community service award to uh to Buddy Colt, who was a Florida legend, and Kevin Sullivan came out to interrupt it, and he attacked Buddy Colt, and 
this woman, Betty, was trying to get Kevin Sullivan off of Buddy. And Kevin Sullivan turns around and Hardway, legitimately stiff, smacks this woman right Which in the face. Which is apparently something, is, is something he did. Yeah. But um, fans are watching this on Championship Wrestling from Florida. Uh, call the police. Um, and Correct. just were uh, just shocked and amazed. Uh, and But she was a Vashon. She took it. And that would be part of the angle that this woman would be, fall under the spell of Kevin Sullivan and would be part of his entourage. Uh, Kevin Sullivan's army of darkness in Florida was notorious. Um, he never said the word devil, but that's what everyone else called yeah, him. Painted him, yeah. A devil with, but I mean, with um, Mark Lowen and Bob Roop and uh, Nancy Sullivan, woman. And Luna would be part of this and she shaved half of her head uh, on li- on television and kept it that way. And that was the beginning of the, the Luna Vashon um, mystique of who she was. Was she really crazy or was she? Yes. Or was this all, all the work? And she took that everywhere she went, starting in Florida and as part of Kevin Sullivan. But that mad persona. She kept everywhere she went in, in the AWA and in Georgia. So when and when she came to ECW, she was finally given the the uh, credit and the respect because obviously Philadelphia fans knew who she was, knew who she was, her history, her family's history, her matches with uh, and against Raven Stevie, teaming with Tommy Dreamer, legendary, and she was just like the guy. She took chair shots. She took. DDTs on the floor. Punches, super punches, bumps, just hard as anybody else. Yeah. And nobody and, fucking questioned it because she was a Vashon. Yes. And she even said, Don't go light on me. Don't you, don't it you it dare take it easy on me. And when she got called up to the WWE, um, right in the middle of the uh, the attitude era where women were a premium, but I should say, I said women were a premium. I didn't say women wrestling was a premium. It's women because she came up during the times of the Sables and the Tories and the uh, the Deborah McMichaels, the non-wrestling women personalities. Um, and where you had to, where you were told, instructed to Show more skin. Wear less clothing. Make it sexy. And that's where Luna kind of lost her way. Because as angry and as crazy as she can be, she was also someone that just wanted to fit in. That was always her thing. And we, we talked before we went on the air, Dan, about her her um, Dark Side of the Ring episode um, that you haven't seen that I implore anyone who hasn't seen it to please do so to check it out because it was one of the saddest episodes I've ever seen and I and I know that's kind of redundant if any of you seen one episode of Dark Side of the Ring you know <laughs> yeah. they're all, you know, they're yeah. all sad <laughs> none, of them are, none of them really have happy endings but I'm, I, I said this in a way because we saw how fierce she was and what an incredible uh, wrestler and worker she was but she's someone who also just really just wanted to fit in and didn't want to make waves. So Dude, she did I, think. Finish, finish what you're going to say. Sorry. In the WWE that she didn't want to do. She didn't want to do the sexy stuff. She didn't want to do the. She's a, I'm a wrestler. Is it weird? Not that I care. Uh, that I still find her very attractive, very sexy in her power and in her persona. Because I loved Luna. No, I didn't. Even I as didn't a young know. kid, I was like, God damn it. More of her, please. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it carried over. You weren't the only one. Uh, she had a great, she found a great audience uh, of men that uh, absolutely adored her. One was Bam Bam Bigelow and one that uh, she eventually married, uh, namely David Heath, the vampire warrior. Um, 
who still if that's you, if you, right they did get married yeah and um but if you and if you watch uh, if you go to his instagram story today i uh, gave her a loving tribute on her birthday but someone who never stopped loving her no. uh, and still does to to this day so yeah luna that no it's to answer your question dan no uh, you're not the only guy that found her attractive and just um captivating and all that she was that's what she was that's who she was um but more than anything else i think she'd want to be remembered as a wrestler because that's who her father was that's who her uncle was that's who her her aunt vivian vashan was her whole family yeah and that's what she was i i did cry that day when it the news came out that she had passed away. That was upsetting to me. Yeah. And I was mad that she never, she didn't seem well-respected by a lot of wrestling fans. Mm. Not that she cared in that way. Cause it, I mean, like in heel face terms, not like we have a problem yeah. with Luna and it wasn't like that. Yeah. She probably liked it that way, but I, she doesn't get talked about enough. I agree. And towards the end, you know, she was part of the oddities and she was a, a valet and she never, you know, she was on ringside, but never in the ring. You know where she should have been. I she was I the always best bo- wrestler in the audience. Yeah. It always far. bothered me. Yeah, it always bothered me that she never got a run. A run at the title, or run especially the title. in the Attitude Era. Yeah. How did you? How did you fuck that up? You had Luna and China in the same company, and you you couldn't have figured that out mm. at the same time. Literally. Two literal trailblazers in wrestling yeah. in the company at the same time. We couldn't figure that out. And well, it, it, it goes back to the Dark Side of the Ring episode, Dan, because Luna wasn't uh, someone that wanted to uh, show her puppies. That kind of put her on the outs with. Um, of course. Should have known. So, yeah. So where you have a Deborah McMichael and a, uh, a Tory and a Sable, um, you have okay. wrestlers. Yeah. Have them for that and have yeah. Luna and China beating the shit out of each other. But then you had, you know, you had Jacqueline and you had Ivory uh, and you had uh, Trish and that didn't mind doing that. That, you know, didn't mind showing off their body. Jacqueline and also didn't mind kicking, kicking shit out of somebody. Too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Luna is... Um, Someone who should never be um, forgotten, nope. and um, she gave inspired so many others because there was no Luna, there would be no Daphne. Nope. You know, uh, she was a trailblazer. She was a trendsetter and um, part of a incredible family of uh, of wrestling. So Luna Vachon deserves her spot right alongside her her father, her uncle, and uh, the late great Vivian Vachon. So uh, please, uh, not just you, Dan, but any fan, uh, check out her Dark Side of the Ring episode because uh, it's um, it's damn good. And especially if you want to see her early, her earlier stuff in the ring, um, she was a uh, uh, a marvel, a wonder, um, a lunatic, uh, a trendsetter, and uh, a a good person. And happy birthday, Linda Bishop. No, I absolutely will check that out. Mm-hmm. And that is a wrestling historian. And you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Craig Ligon, C R A I G L I G E O N S. You can follow me on Twitter and all social media platforms at DanLaw83. If you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Watch us live also, danlaw.tv. If you're watching the replay, go to your, uh, if you, and you want to listen to the whole thing, go to your smartphone, any podcast app, type in HIAC Talk Radio Network, listen to all the shows. Uh, Stadium Journey, Manic Mixtape, Nerd Herd is rebooted, HIAC Talk Radio, it is all there uh, for the great and wonderful Craig Lagans. I'm the, no, I'm just the other guy. Always forget. I'm the other guy, Dan Calchico. Go, birds. Birds. See you next week.